podcast i am your host the most medicine motherfucker you will ever meet patrick kempfer and uh joining me today well tonight rather it is 2 a.m exactly on the button i love i love it that i i whenever i look at a fucking clock it's always like right exactly on the hour that happens to me all the time. Uh, anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. I was introducing my uh, guest host uh, for this evening, the lovely Aaliyah. Aaliyah, would you like to introduce yourself uh, and maybe say a little something to the uh, to the listeners, whoever they may be? I am the, yeah, I am the lovely Aaliyah, and I am here to uh, learn about the Mad City podcast and get to know the most Madison motherfucker out there. <laughs> and and uh, where, where are you hailing from? I hail from the sticks of Wisconsin. This Location sticks. undecided. Location undecided. <laughs> yes. She is, she, is, she is somewhere in the world of Wisconsin. She's, she's out there. Uh, she's fighting the good fight. She's she's weathering the storm in the uh, in, in the in the desert of conservatism known as the, <laughs> the, 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 the we call it the Wisconsin red, as we call it. See, Madison, uh, if you if you were to look at during any um, voting period, uh, you know, they, they, they show these maps, you know, and it's like red and blue you know, to indicate, you know, where the liberals are, you know, all, all the libtards <laughs> and, uh, and, and the red blooded conservatives, you know, all the farmers and, uh, and, you know, the, the blue I mean, we're blue collar, but we, we ain't no blue, 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 blue. I, I don't just I don't just wear blue because it brings out my eyes. I blue I I wear blue because it it's in my heart because I'm so liberal and I just I just want everything to be free. No, not really. Uh, I but I I appreciate you know um, compassion and empathy and and looking at people like they're human beings and I don't know. I mean, if we have to be political about that and to be, I mean, if if being a humanitarian uh is <laughs> is being political then i guess yeah we have to look at it that way so madison is um yeah this little oasis of conservatism surrounded by a desert or no i'm sorry uh, uh an oasis of liberalism backwards surrounded by a desert of conservatism 
yeah and uh it's so it's it's interesting when you uh when you meet somebody uh who who lives out there in in the desert and it's like you know they have like their little hut of uh liberal liberal mindedness and, and it's just like oh my god you're a generous person with a kind heart that is amazing to find out here it's it's uh it's it's, it's lovely and uh and yes uh alia is is very lovely would you like to tell us just a little i mean okay you don't want to disclose exactly where you're from but would you like to tell us maybe just a little bit more about who you are um just uh you know what what I'm makes trying to figure you, that out i don't what, think there's yeah well i don't know just, just a little background just what makes you you just so people can kind of put together an image in their mind um uh just some 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 understanding just like an abstract of, uh, of who you are i am the american dream <laughs> the I, am, american. Okay. I am uh i'm the child of immigrants i'm a successful woman i'm a mother i'm a sister um i'm a daughter and uh i'm just here living life trying to be good to people and trying to get some goodness back into my life. Good. How's that going for you? Mm -hmm. Pretty good. 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 Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, hey, uh, do me a favor. And um, I want you to, uh, to just go into just a little bit more detail just kind of like uh because i i forgot my coffee in the microwave <laughs> so while i while i'm grabbing that i want you to just talk a little bit about how you've been coping with the pandemic because uh for, for our listeners out there uh to understand this so yeah she is currently out in in rural Wisconsin, I'm I'm located in Madison, and we're accomplishing this uh, through uh, Zoom. Thank you, Zoom. Uh, I, I I'd like to say that Zoom has been a huge help for me in maintaining uh, connection and some sanity uh, in my life by way of uh, being able to communicate with people uh, th through Zoom. I you know I can maintain. Um, my relationships uh, with with family, with friends, uh, just to say hi. It's also a way for me to <clears throat> to continue uh, attending and participating in um, in uh, recovery meetings, uh, which is just huge uh, for me in my life, and 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 definitely not uh, as good as what <clears throat> what it could be, uh, especially in in the uh the the meetings that i go to one of the one of the things that we always say is like we hug here you know and, <laughs> and obviously people aren't really hugging a whole lot these days but um so yeah it's kind of a it's sort of a sorry excuse uh to be video chatting um but at least you know we we can feel represented and close to each other in whatever way that we can so in in what ways uh Aaliyah, would you say that you've you've been able to cope uh during the pandemic um 
uh, not just, you know, being somebody who's in the sticks and everything, but like, how are some of the things you've had, what are some of the things you've had to do, you and your family to, uh, to, to continue to exist, to stay sane, uh, where you're at? Hmm. Well, definitely knowing who you can be around and who you can trust and just keeping your circle small. So I've kept my circle small. I have two groups of friends that I've stayed in regular contact with, go over to each other's houses, which I know it's not the best, but you got to do something to stay sane. Um, and just keeping your circle small and, uh, but being sane also when you live in the middle of nowhere, because I could go and have and uh, I take my kids to the beach a lot. There's a beach near where I live and just being able to normalize life in the pandemic as much as you can. I mean, we're really lucky that we didn't have the same kind of shutdowns they had overseas. Um, well, lucky or I hmm. That's the whole political discussion, I suppose. Maybe we were stupid <laughs> to not lock down like Europe did, but that being said, living out in a rural area you can be a little bit more adventurous perhaps so we just really tried to keep our minds right through all of it well i uh i have to concur a little bit yeah i I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if I'd say that we were lucky that we didn't have to suffer such a strict lockdown, but perhaps if we had taken those measures and taken this more seriously from the, the start, uh, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now. And, uh, and that sucks, but I don't want to get too much into you know the politics of things because it's just it's just been talked out so much and it's just it's exhausting and it doesn't mm -hmm. take it doesn't take anybody clever to point out you know just how fucked up <laughs> things have gotten uh in all of that and you know for people who who uh who support the unreasonable uh, you know, I, I just, I don't really have time for, for you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'll entertain an argument for a little bit, just it, it only really be, just because I'm fascinated by how illogical people can be. It's just like, wow, like they should be, like, there should be like a case study on you. You know, like, like, uh, like, I want to dissect your brain a little bit and just see what what makes up somebody who could be so uh, perversely, um, like, grotesquely, ridiculously fucking stupid. You know, just like, how how are you just able to 
be so delusional. It's 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 incredible. It's amazing. Um, yeah. But um, uh, unfortunately, what while you were talking about that, Aaliyah, you you were kind of cutting out a little bit. So I hope I hope people kind of were able to still get the uh, the gist of what you were what you were saying. Um, but yeah, you know the difficulties of maintaining uh you know trying to maintain relationships with friends and and people in your community uh well you know you know being safe um about it you know is yeah it's complex i uh last year in april i um i went to missouri and uh you know did it was it was it was ideal in the moment because uh me and my 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 then partner um aria uh we were trying to get a farmhouse in mount horeb and that ended up um kind of falling apart the the option to do that and and that was that was a bummer because i i really i fell in love with this this house it would have been great, but ultimately, I'm I'm glad that uh, that that didn't become a thing because that relationship wasn't really meant to last, and uh, and I'm 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 glad that she and I are doing different things now, and uh, my understanding is that she's uh, she's happy in in her life and doing well, and that's good, but as a last resort measure we ended up leaving the state and going to missouri to stay with a friend of mine who lives way way i mean you talk about living out in the sticks uh aria i mean this was like like you have to drive like 50 miles just to get to a town you know and um and yeah so we went out there you know to to get away from everything you know just just everything just all the ridiculousness mm -hmm. and this this was like shortly after you know like the the lockdowns really started <clears throat> and i was still re recuperating from you know being sick myself mm -hmm. and um and thought like okay well yeah being around the least amount of people as possible is a good idea and um so we went out there and it was cool. I got to shoot a gun for the first time. Uh, well, a rifle, you know, and a couple different rifles. And that was, that was, that was neat. I, turns out I'm actually a pretty good shot. <laughs> I never would have thought that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it was, it was interesting though, to see all these, country bunk folk not taking any of the shit seriously you know uh but seeing how my my friend and her family were you know were able to try to maintain uh some semblance of connection to the people around them like her like her mom and and her uh her stepdad like live near near them you know uh and the way they would see each other and communicate was very weird. It was kind of like DoorDash, you know, <laughs> kind of like that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, 
you know, the, the kids were doing the, you know, online learning and that was just really, really challenging. Stressful. Yeah. yeah been there, done for, that. For everybody, you know, I mean, I mean, like the kids having a hard time, like staying focused and the parents trying to keep them focused and, you know, like entertained with, you know, I don't know. It was just, and then taking in two other people on top of that. And I, 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 me and my friend, uh, Beth, you know, we're, we don't really communicate a whole lot anymore. Like we, we didn't, I don't want to say we had a falling out, uh, cause we're still, we're still friends and we'll, we'll be friends forever. We love each other. Uh, but you know, she was not pleased with my behavior. I was still pretty low in my life. And, you know, I was, I was, I was addicted to alcohol at the time, you know, I was like physically, chemically dependent. So I needed to maintain, uh, some drinking, you know, like on a daily basis. Otherwise I, you know, I'd get very, uh, un uh unpleasant feeling and, and just intolerable to be around too. You know, I was, I wasn't like, and, and when I, you know, would, would drink, you know, I'd, I'd go, you know, get over the, I mean, I'm intense and over the top as it is, but like, sometimes I just, I get a little, little lippy <laughs> with people and, and unreasonable. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, you know, I, I made things complicated and uncomfortable and, uh, and I'm sorry for that. But then there were some other things that happened to, uh, concerning, uh, my girlfriend and and some some things that just went on that just got just made everything just worse and uh and it, it all kind of escalated you know made everything sort of escalate to a point where it's like you know we ended up she left she wanted to leave and i wanted to leave and i was like well i'm not staying here without you <laughs> like like they don't want me to like they don't want me to they don't want us to be here now because of the shit that you've pulled and i don't want to be here now that things have gotten so fucking weird and i definitely don't want to live just here in the fuck in the you know trump land by myself you know and, and, and like in a place by myself way the hell out here i'm just oh god this is just, no let's just go back home and you know things developed for me in a much different way after we came back and broke up and all that stuff and but whatever it's uh it's it, it's been a crazy ride for all of us trying to to manage our lives through this pandemic and maintain friendships and sanity work school livelihoods all all, all these things you know and and while watching the world around us seemingly crumble and fall apart it's like how do we stay positive how do we keep things together you know like what motivates us to get out of bed you know in the mornings and uh put a smile on our face and and try to be pleasant and and caring with each other you know it's, it's hard but you know th there's little things we can do you know despite the craziness um you know that we can uh, we can focus on and it can bring us together uh you know i i've heard of a, a few different stories happening uh you know in the world and around us that 
or amusing enough. Uh oh, my computer is telling me that my internet connection is unstable. That's not good. Like your sanity. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you know, I mean, like little little things happen that uh that are really cool. Like for example, tonight, um, uh, I was at work. And while I was about to go uh, fetch some some carts to make sure that we, you know, had an ample supply inside for our customers at the store that I work at, uh, somebody comes in and says, hey, there's a dog outside. I'm like, okay, I, I look and I can see out the entrance door that, yes, there is in fact a, a dog out there. And um, a very, very happy dog. <laughs> with a big big branch in its mouth just dying for somebody to play with it and i'm thinking like oh okay well you know maybe it followed somebody that walked to the store because you know i mean i work at like a neighborhood store you know yeah it's like a chain you know it's like it i mean it has like a corporate entity you know to it but uh but it's very much like a neighborhood grocery store and uh, a lot of people walk there, bike there, you know, from the neighborhood surrounding it. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe somebody just, you know, walked over, biked over and like they, maybe they left their dog just sitting outside chilling. And now the dog is just excited, you know, cause people are coming in and out or maybe the person came here and they didn't know that their dog was following them. Maybe the dog was in, in, in a car and was like, you know, presumably chilling in the car and then figured how to get out and now it's like looking for its person and i get outside and i'm petting this dog and like it drops down on its back and it's like oh rub my belly rub me under belly and no oh, and look at the stick look at the stick look at the stick <laughs> it was just it was it was super cute and uh i pulled the you know over the dog over and i looked at the the tags and i called and come to find out this person had left to go to the store but not this one so i call up and i'm like hi uh do you have a dog they're like yeah do you know where your dog is um well uh <laughs> and i could hear like the guy you know like he was talking to me and i could hear his like his wife or whatever in the background like oh my god no did she really did she again <laughs> and i'm like uh so yeah like he's like yeah i think she might yeah she might have followed me out when i went to the store i'm like oh so are, are you are you in the pick and save now and he's like well no i'm not at pick and save <laughs> i'm like oh well your dog is <laughs> he's like oh jesus i'm like i'll chill with her here you know until you come come get her and you know they showed up in just a few minutes but it was really, it was really cute though. It was really neat to like, just to meet this dog that just, just want, just totally just wanted a friend, you know, just wanted somebody to play with it and, uh, and have a good time and just see this big stick that it, that, you know, that she had found. And, um, yeah, it was, it was delightful. Put a smile on my face and, and everybody else that was, you know, involved in the situation. Well, except for the guy so much, he, he wasn't too thrilled. <laughs> um but uh but he, you know he seemed like a nice enough guy though he wasn't like you know he he didn't get shitty with her or anything like fucking dog making me have to leave the house you know he wasn't he wasn't cruel uh you can tell that this dog is definitely loved um and he's he's he was being patient with her 
but you know little things like that you know can bring us joy um and you know some things aren't so pleasant but um but they can still bring us joy uh and and make us make us smile if maybe perhaps in a somewhat cynical way uh Aliyah, if you if you check um you see the story that i shared with you here uh <laughs> this 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 is very unfortunate um <clears throat> yeah you know some people have really <laughs> odd ways of um passing the time uh, you know i mean i mean yeah we all need hobbies and you know things that we're interested in some people uh choose to involve themselves in things that are you know maybe not the most legal or safe or um moral <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they can't be entertaining so yeah here's a story uh from uh from way across the pond uh headline um a rooster stabbed a man to death with a knife during a cockfight. Now that's that. I mean, if that headline doesn't grab you, I don't know. Uh, so this is from a, uh, like a couple of weeks ago or well, a little over a week ago, February 28th. Story comes to us from uh, Julie Gerstein reporting. Um, okay, so. A rooster fitted with a knife around its foot stabbed its owner to death during practice for an illegal cockfight in India. Thangala Satish, Sat or Satish, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Thangala Satish, Satish, okay. Satish, 45, yeah. died of blood loss after the rooster repeatedly stabbed him in the groin, ouch, with a three-inch knife that had been tied around the animal's leg according to the Associated Press. Satish was among 16 people organizing the cockfight in the village of Lathunar in, in the Indian state of Telangana. the AP reported. I think reported. you're right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good on pronunciations for the most part. Um, I, 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 I'm not good at rolling my tongue, so when it comes to like Spanish words, sometimes I, 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 I uh, yeah, it kind of falls apart on me. Authorities are currently searching for the other 15 organizers who could be charged with manslaughter. They each face up to two years in prison, according to Al Jazeera. Animal rights activists say the sport is especially cruel because it takes advantage of the birds' natural survival mechanisms and forcing them to fight. Well, duh. I mean, isn't that true for like any situation where you put, you pit, you know, like a people, you know, people together? Like, I mean, like, look at MMA shit. I mean, like, yeah, they're going to rely on their instincts, their natural instincts to not get their fucking asses whooped. <laughs> I mean, they don't, I mean, the idea isn't to kill each other till the, you know, you know, to fight till the death necessarily, but I mean, the, inst the instinctual, elements is there like you know yeah don't lose um anyway oh, to match roosters are mean the what are roosters they're mean i i raised chickens for a while yeah and we had multiple roosters and those things are nasty they will attack you for you don't have to do anything they'll just come at you so it does not surprise me well i'll be like come at me bro 
Fucking when they're charging you and your kids, you'll, you're like, get out of here. They're so mean. I, th- I think I could, I think I could take a rooster. We had named him Tim Curry, which I think was probably a mistake because he had like the spirit of Pennywise and he would just come after us. The, the spirit of Pennywise and the uh, <clears throat> the uh, um, the presence of uh... God, I really know what the character's name was. The, the devil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tim Curry's darkness, character in, the in, in Legend. The darkness. Yeah. Yes, that was the darkness. Mm. Is that what he called himself? The darkness? Hmm. I think that's the technical name in the credits. I don't okay. think he ever called himself that. Well, he looks fucking amazing. I don't know how he was able to keep his head up with those horns, but yeah, <laughs> very menacing. All right. So to make matches gorier, some cockfighting trainers fit their birds with what's known as gaff. G-A-F-F, a long dagger-like knife attached to the animal's foot. Birds will birds often will have many of their feathers plucked out before matches to make it more difficult for their opponents to attack, according to the ASPCA. They are also sometimes drugged with methamphetamines. Oh, that's good. Bunch of fucking tweaker cocks. Tweaked out cocks. They're already fucking... nasty without being yeah. drugged. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Uh, they are also sometimes drug methamphetamines to enhance their aggressiveness. Even birds that win their matches often suffer injuries so severe that they too are killed. Despite India's Supreme Court outlawing the practice in the 1960s, cockfighting continues to be popular in many of the country's southern states. Oh, so uh, making something illegal doesn't necessarily make it go away? Oh, that's... That's weird. That's that's been so, so. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's it's been so successful in uh, the American judicial system. I mean, that war on drugs is just woo. Wow, they are just killing it, aren't they? Man, I guess it depends on your perspective. It's all those privatized uh, yes, prisons. All those privatized prisons, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good. Uh, okay, so in the U.S., cockfighting is considered a felony in 42 states. I wonder if uh, Wisconsin is one of them. Uh, I don't know, but you can own a kangaroo without a permit. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Did you know that kangaroos can't uh, hop backwards? I did not know that. I don't know if that's true. Um <laughs> Uh, a comedian said that, and um, and he also said, "I don't know if that's true, but uh, who knows? You might, yeah, it might be." Um, so yeah, if uh, if cockfighting isn't illegal in Wisconsin, should we should we put something together? God no, I don't want chickens anymore. They're really they're really dirty. Well, well no, I mean we don't have to keep them at your house. I mean we could just organize the fight. But I have a coop. I have a coop, and all of the chicken I. I, I truck in chicken husbandry, so I have all of the necessary tools for keeping chickens alive. Well, I just mean, we don't minus we the don't, chickens. We we don't have to keep them alive for long, just long enough to have like a fight. We'll make bank, you know. I could promote it. I mean, it, no. 
Nah, nah, not interested. We'll, 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 we'll see how the how how the how the summer develops with with COVID, <laughs> and you know we'll see if the restrictions you know go down. Anyway, so in the U.S., cockfighting is considered a felony in 42 states, though federal authorities continue to regularly break up fighting rings around the country. In August of last year, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department busted a ring with more than 2,000 birds, USA Today reported. Authorities in New York, in a 2014 sting they dubbed Operation Angry Birds, very clever, arrested more than 70 people and confiscated more than 3,000 birds, the New York Post reported. This is not the first time a bird handler has been killed by a gamecock. Gamecock. Last year, a 55-year-old Indian man from Andhra Pradesh. Pradesh died after a gamecock slashed him in the neck and abdomen during a match held to mark the Hindu festival of Makar Sankranti. Sankriti? Sankriti. Nah, I don't know. And in 2018, a 34-year-old man from oh, okay, here, Rajavaram, Rajavaram. Rajavaram, Rajavaram, India, bled to death after a rooster gaff pierced his thigh and testicles. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> you end with that's a pierced terrible... his thigh and testicles. I feel like there's no closure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for real they just they just end i'm left wanting more <laughs> yeah right and then what happened i want to know is the, then... what happened what happened to the bird you know like the about this guy the one that was killed i mean like did, did they i have confusion yeah. <laughs> hmm and this and, and this was this wasn't even at like a real cockfight. This was just like a training match. I just I need closure. I need to know what happened. And um, yeah, that's, that's all what are says. we gonna do about this? Are we gonna stop cockfighting now? Like so many so many follow up questions and no answers. Yeah, I mean this 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 story really just kind of gave us. You know, the, yeah, the Indian man died after being stabbed by a rooster. He was training for cockfighting. Uh, the rooster had been outfitted with a three-inch knife on its leg. And though cockfighting is illegal in most countries, it continues to attract fans. And, um... Ooh. It and... is illegal in the state of Wisconsin. Oh. oh. Engaging in animal fighting is punishable with a fine of up to $10,000 and a prison sentence of up to six years. Oh, okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So everybody well, listening, um, just, uh, yeah. just know that, that just, just don't, don't tell anybody that you're coming to this cockfight that we, that we're going to have. There's, today. No, there's no, there's no hosting of just don't just don't go public with it <laughs> when, when, you, when you rsvp just yeah just don't 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 make it a public yeah just just like friends of friends i do, do not that. endorse this conversation <laughs> right, let's maybe uh let's what, what else is in the news maybe something more local 
perhaps. Hmm, local news. I saw a bald eagle the other day. That's what you see in the sticks. <laughs> you saw a bald eagle? Yeah, I see them all the time. There's tons of them by me. Was, was it was it hunting or what? They're always in the fields eating dead deer. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was flying when you saw it. No, no, it was sitting in a field, in a cornfield, eating a dead deer carcass. Oh, it was just munching. Yes. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. So it was taking a little break. Yeah. They don't mm. fly all the time, you know. Birds sit down. What? I thought they I thought they what? slept flying. See, I'm uh, teaching you all about how what it's like to be a be a redneck. To be uh, you know, I, I I don't like that term. That's that that is that is a that's a that's a mean spirited derogatory uh, term, and and I, I'm not sure if we should. I'm not sure if we should be using that uh, in this forum. Now, uh, now, if you want to say hick, I've seen conflicting. I've I've seen conflicting arguments that it is not a derogatory term that it has become made derogatory and that the original rednecks were actually liberal union organizers who were trying to uh, better rights for the workers so mm. it's been co-opted as a derogatory term but it's really potentially not no oh. so is this kind of so like... going to argue with you counter counter counterpoint <laughs> all right so is this like one of those situations though where like they're like more, the group wants more research to... needs to be done before you call me out right but i mean is, is it one of those situations where like the group themselves are stating like no we like this word and we're we're taking it back like kind of like queer or um or like or like you know uh bitch you know like yeah i'm a bitch i'm a badass bitch you know like that kind of thing or even like I mean like yeah you know, like I mean like yeah, black maybe people in that like, vein. you know like even black people you know no uh, I don't in, in don't I don't we'll, even we'll, we'll, no we'll, don't we'll, you know I don't we'll, like that we'll, word we'll, we'll, we'll soften the R you know you know you know you know you know something you don't mm. you don't really hear a lot is uh you know Jews calling it you know <laughs> that's you know you don't you don't really I mean I mean Jews make fun of Jews but but like you know they don't call each other kikes <laughs> you know like uh, i just think i maybe because it's just such a silly sounding word perhaps i don't know i don't know but uh you know you know what i think is interesting is um a derogatory term that is really a compliment if you think about it uh you know when people refer to mexicans as wetbacks you know like it's i mean it's like why because like they bust their asses because like they're they they're hard workers because they're willing to take a job that you would never fucking do in a million years because you're a lazy fat american <laughs> you know like like they're willing to sweat for their uh for their 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 pay you know i mean like i, I don't know I, I doing backbreaking work i mean should be commended you know like oh fucking or is it is that something that is like exclusive maybe to like uh 
Dominicans or Cubans or something, maybe because like they swam the ninety miles. Kind of is that is that the is that the rationale with that? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what the logic is with a lot of, you know, uh, uh, racial incendiary terms. I know that honky. I know where honky comes from. Do you know that one? I do not. I have not educated myself in derogatory terms because I try not to use them. Well, no, I mean, we, I mean, I, I but I know this is all spurred by me using one, I suppose. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. See, you started this because you're, uh, you're an intolerant, <laughs> close-minded You started redneck. it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe all those, uh, all those Trumpists up there <laughs> are starting to, starting to infect your, your your way of thinking you just, you're starting to you're sliding you're like oh i know this is acceptable this is fine it's okay oh believe me i'm a first generation american oh yeah and you know what i voted for a black guy once so actually twice yeah if i'm being honest i, I... <laughs> i'll make any mistake twice no, i'm just kidding uh, no, actually, the, no, the, the real thing is I, I'll do anything eight times, even if it's bad. But uh, I definitely don't regret voting for Obama, even though his drones did definitely kill a lot of innocent people. There's no mistake in that. But hey, nobody's perfect. Uh, so what was I saying? Moving oh, on. Oh, yeah, honkies. So when cars oh, were... you're going to talk about this art... Oh yeah, no, I am going to talk about the, this article, but uh, but just really okay. briefly, honky comes from uh, it was a term that was bestowed upon uh, uppity white people, who you know in their uh, uh, I, I guess just you know being just so excited to have the privilege of owning automobiles when they were still new and fresh in um, you know American culture, they would go and drive through uh like the 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 black neighborhoods and they would honk their horns to um to try to gain the attention of uh what at least they interpreted as being and and maybe I'm you know maybe some were uh out there doing their thing but um they were trying to find you know basically sex workers like hookers uh and they would honk and that was a way to get their attention, you know, to come over. Um, and some did it just just to wake people up in the middle of the fucking night, just to be dicks, you know, just to be awful, shitty fucking rednecks. You know, I mean, I, I guess maybe that's better than waking somebody up with burning a cross. Maybe, maybe they would they'd burn, they'd set the cross on fire and then honk the horn to get everyone to say, "Hey, look what I did! I set someone on fire in front yard." Um. But, uh, but yeah, so like the black community started referring to them as honkies, which I think is pretty funny. And cracker, cracker goes back to, um, you know, slave days. That's, that's what they called like the overseer, you know, the, the person that would, you know, be out there in the fields, keeping the slaves in line with the whip. So, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but, uh, Yeah. We sure do like cheese here in Wisconsin. 
Cheese goes good with crackers. Makes sense. See, see, ah, uh, see. I, I, I think you know. Honestly, if I were to get into the whole QAnon thing, I, I, I'd start to. I, I think I could start making sense of some of that. You know, because, yeah, yeah. You got to read between the lines. Uh, I'm not crazy. It's not crazy if everybody thinks it. All right, so moving on to uh, local news. This is this is this is a great headline in the crime uh, section of what is this? Uh, Channel Three Thousand reported: Man arrested after walking naked in strangers' yards says he was quote out for some fresh air. Sometimes you gotta let those balls breathe, you know, especially when you know it's warming up like this. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, I know a guy from there. A man says he was out for some fresh air when he was arrested after walking naked through strangers' backyards on the Madison's north side Friday night. Madison police say 40-year-old Robert C. Anderson, good old Bob, was seen climbing over fences and walking around just after 11 p.m. Friday near Packers Avenue. Anderson reportedly said he was out for some fresh air when asked why he was naked in a stranger's backyard. He was taken to a local hospital for an evaluation before being booked into the Tink County Jail. He faces possible charges of lewd and lascivious behavior and a violation of his probation. Oh, so apparently this guy's already a troublemaker. Oh, and that's it. The story ends. Well, I definitely want to follow There's up. There's no on this closure one. in these Madison stories. I, or well, like of, the other story wasn't Madison, stories. but Yeah, I mean see, this is the thing that I, I you know, in, in my my training in journalism, like I I I mean I understand the necessity for news reporting, but and when it comes to shit like this, it's like it's so dry. You know? It's like I, I won an award uh, for uh, collegiate journalism when I wrote for my college paper uh, for covering a, a story about a rally. Um, it was the Take Back the Bike Pack, Take Back the Bike Path rally, and um, and I won an award for that, but not for news reporting. It was for uh, like. Uh, for like op-ed editorial, you know, um, and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, for, for, well, opinion piece, I was an opinion editor, uh, so, yeah, for like editorial writing, and, and I, but I, I wrote it with the intention of reporting it as like news, um, the, the, uh, the official, the, the college official, I can't remember exactly what his title was. Uh, he wasn't the editor in chief, but he was like the staff person. Um, I remember him commenting, saying that it, it wasn't, it wasn't news reporting because it was basically too eloquent. You know, my, my eloquence strikes again. And uh, yeah, like I was too poetic with it, with my writing. 
that was too illustrative in my words, <laughs> I guess. Um, but it's it's really good. It's it's really good. Uh, it's um, it, it can be found in the uh, the archives, the Clarion archives. If if anybody cares to uh, Google that, just uh, go ahead and Google Google my name, uh, Patrick R. Kempfer, or just Patrick Kempfer. Uh, and Clarion, C-L-A-R-I-O-N, and uh, it'll show you archives, and you can scroll through. Uh, you'll find some some topics, some pieces that I've actually uh, uh, um, refurbished uh, for the podcast here. Um, definitely, uh, if if not inspired, uh, totally just borrowed from. But it's only because the things that I was talking about then are still prevalent now, which is um, sad uh, that they still need to be talked about in the way that they do. But um, but at least we have, you know, places that we can talk about them from. Uh, you know, it's good to have a forum. Uh, so going back to this man, this Mr. Anderson, uh, climbing over fences <laughs> and wandering around naked, just out for some fresh air. I love that that was the quote. Uh, so I have a I have a story that I'd like to share from um, a few years ago. Uh, what was it? I think it was. Uh, I'm gonna say maybe June. Hmm. Mm, yeah, maybe June of uh, 2016. I was living over on Carver Street off of Fishhatcher Road, um, right near uh, the edge of the Arboretum. And right down the street from me uh, was this, you know, like that goes along the road there. It's one of the entrances to the uh, Arboretum. And there's this, you know, this pond. And uh, Aliyah, I was telling you about this pond earlier. It's where I, I I tossed that that small framed mirror that I found years ago that I mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually became convinced was um, uh, possibly cursed in some way because <laughs> of all the crazy shit that happened to me after I brought it into my home. Uh, yeah, it had some weird energy. It had like a weird reflection too. It was very dark. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you look in the yeah, mirror, n- usually... yeah, you're still bringing home strange mirrors. I know. And I, I did it again today. Yeah. I found a, a, a much larger, like, this is something that like, I mean, some, somebody could feasibly crawl out of. <laughs> you don't yeah. learn very well. Do you? No, no, I don't. I, like I said, I'll try anything eight times. So. <laughs> So, so six more mirrors to go. Yeah, right. Um, well, as long as they don't break them, I mean, they should be fine. So, so yeah, no, I ended up tossing that mirror. I wrapped it in a in a black garbage bag and tossed it in there in, in hopes of uh, somehow defeating whatever spirit thing or trapping it. And I threw it in this pond. But uh, anyway, so in yeah early summer of um maybe it was may i don't know it could have been may 
2016, I uh, I decided after years and years of of being completely abstinent from uh, all the drugs, and and even spending a hell of a lot of time not not smoking even, um, I decided that something that I wanted to return to that I was opening my mind back up to 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 uh, experimenting with was psychedelics. And I you know, I'd I'd been researching, um, you know, uh, about microdosing with psilocybin LSD. Uh, I, I was even uh, looking into a possible experience with ayahuasca. Uh, like it would be like a group experience. And and that intrigued me. However, the idea of going off with um, and even though like, you know, there'd be like two people there that would be guides. Um, you know, not knowing these people on a personal level, and then being there with a group of other individuals that I wouldn't know offhand now i mean not to say that like simply knowing someone prior to tripping balls with them you know by virtue of that fact it doesn't guarantee a better experience but i decided ultimately that i would rather just go on this uh venture on my own because it is a very personal thing to um to open up your mind and, and, and look in your soul like that. <clears throat> and it's something that should never be taken lightly or done in a recreational um, sense. It's uh, something that should be taken very, yeah, very seriously. And, um, you know, don't just, yeah, man, I'm just eat some mushrooms and I'm just going to look at the lights, man. Cause uh, it's what, let's, let's, let's watch the wall or, you know, let's, let's eat some mushrooms and, you know, watch a musical or something <laughs> like that's, that's, that's stupid and, um, reckless. And, you know, the, the thing about opening those doors is sometimes you, you, you don't know how to close them again. And uh, a lot of people are not prepared for what they're going to see when they open those doors and they end up having really bad experiences because they can't, um, <clears throat> they have a hard time accepting what their minds show them, you know, like the honest, true versions of themselves, or maybe, maybe some sort of dark element of themselves that they're, uh, they've been avoiding or, or uh, simply unable to look at for a long time or maybe it's just didn't even know it was there do you know what this is reminding me of what's that the uh scene in the scene in the never-ending story where uh atreyu looks in the mirror mm. do you remember that uh kind and of he sees uh, bastion on the other side and it's when the two boys like realize they're telling a parallel story it's just funny to me that that's what came to mind because you're telling a story about a mirror. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Oh. Uh, well, actually, no. The the story is, has less to do with the mirror. The the only thing that 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 is is the pond. <laughs> no, the story has more to do with with a, a crazy man running around a neighborhood naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where this is going. 
Oh, so, great. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to, um, I was going to eat some acid again for the first time in years by myself. And, uh, why well, I, I had done it, uh, um, once before I had taken a single dose and, and it was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't extreme. Uh, it was, it was a pleasant experience, but it, it didn't, it didn't open me up in a way that I was satisfied with. Like it didn't, like there were, there were no revelations. Like I like to get kind I like to get my hands dirty when I, I go poking around in my mind, you know? Uh, and I know that that's a dangerous thing to do. Trust me. I, I, fully appreciate how dangerous that is uh on many levels not just like from a physical standpoint like you know people you know can harm themselves while uh under the influence of psychedelics uh you know they they might have a hallucination that they find to be very threatening and in an effort to protect themselves end up hurting themselves or hurting someone else um I, uh, I was, I was actually, I was an Uber driver at the time. Uh, I didn't pick up any passengers while, uh, while I was tripping, but I, 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 I did, uh, when I took the one dose, uh, I took it earlier in the night and, and then did have to drive home <laughs> while, while, uh, while on acid. And, uh, it, you know, it was like, um, you ever play Mario Kart on like Super Nintendo? A million years ago. Okay, you remember like the uh, what, like the star, uh, um, uh, whatever you call it, the Star Trek. No, not Star Trek. The Star. Uh, God damn it! What do you call those? Like the different levels that you could. I do not remember. Laps or whatever. Okay. The the roads, like the different, like star, I think it was called star road. Okay. So it was like, like you're driving on this road and it was like all like very kind of windy and like up and down kind of Dr. Susie. And there's like, you know, like star elements, but, but it was like sort of translucent and, uh, and yeah. And everything is disproportioned. And it was kind of like that. It, like I was driving down the road, and I'm like, "Well, this is interesting." <laughs> like, I've I've been in a car while uh, being on acid before, but I've never been behind the wheel. This is probably not the safest thing I've done. Uh, but I, you know, I I, I managed well. I uh, I mean, I I've I've always been pretty successful in driving drunk. Because, you know, the thing about, about, you know, learning how to drive in Wisconsin, you know, especially with the harsh winters that we have is, you know, you have to, you know, you have to first learn how to drive, you know, understanding and appreciating that, like, you know, the car is, is basically an extension of you, you know, um, and appreciating the weight of the car and the damage that can happen if it, you know, happens to plow into something or go over something. Um... But, uh, you know, you have to learn how to drive through the elements and then you have to learn how to drive drunk. Uh, and Wisconsin being, you know, 
the the, the drinking state that it is the, the proud drinking st state that it is I mean, mo we have major we have what six cities out of like the top 20 drunkest cities six six i think or something or like in the top 10 it's up there <laughs> yeah um so so yeah it's kind of you know it's sort of a rite of passage at some point you have to you have to know how to drive drunk which is basically just closing one eye <laughs> just close one eye you know take it slow but uh you know don't don't take it too slow you know you don't want to like be too it's like going too cautious uh you could end up in just as much trouble and i don't mean like legal trouble i mean like you know in an accident but um anyway uh so this this other time i decided i needed to up the stakes and push it a little little farther and uh so i took two well i took the one and then i was like you know what i didn't you know i didn't quite get where i wanted to go the first time so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i think i'm gonna take this because i got i had i got two and here's an interesting thing about this this event as well I went to go get them from my friend uh, who had a line on that and she wasn't uh, there when I got there, somebody else was, and they gave them to me, you know, having been given like instructions, knowing that I was coming. And, and I was like, oh, okay, so, oh shit, I forgot to stop, you know, at an ATM on the way here, uh, I'll go grab, you know, some cash, I'll be right back. And my friend is like, No, man, here, you can just here, you can just have these. And there's something special about that. Um, when, when a psychedelic is gifted to you, it, uh, it, it means something else. It's not, you know, you're not just buying a product that you're going to consume. Um, it's special in that way that it's uh it's it's uh it's kind of hard to explain but it's it means it means more you know like it's 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 indicative of uh being more of like a, a pivotal moment and it was and i'll go on to explain so i was gifted this and i took the one and shortly after maybe half an hour i was like no i think i'll take the other one too and within i don't know a couple of hours i was full on into it i mean deeply into my into my 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 psyche and uh pulling back the layers and you know getting dirty in my mind and um seeing some things that i hadn't been able to look at for a long time you know uh, up until this point you know i had a lot of success in recovery and in my community and uh gotten a lot of accolades and you know attaboys and all that stuff but um you know a lot of tragedy had had come along with it and i dealt with some of it pretty gracefully and some of it not so much and because of my standing in the community i was unable to uh communicate how how much I was struggling and how much I was suffering with a lot of that stuff because I, I was, you know, I felt like I was kind of like the poster child for, you know, this being this great success story. 
and uh, I didn't want to disappoint, <clears throat> you know, people or, or uh, you know, so many people looked up to me, you know, I didn't want to be, um, I didn't, I didn't want to, it's like, I didn't want to share my weakness because it was like, oh, well, you know, if, if, you know, if he can fall apart, I mean, it was like, if he can make it, anybody can, but oh, if he can fall apart, then anybody can, you know? And uh, so I was really struggling to hold on to my legacy, if you will, my reputation. And, uh, and I, I, I regret that very much so. And, and I think because I was keeping this big secret of, uh, you know, the, the keeping my, my, my pain, my struggle, such a secret, it was poisoning me. And, and I had to look at that and, you know, I've been feeling very isolated, very alone in all of that. And, you know, taking the acid, you know, allowed me to, to examine this and, uh, <laughs> I ended up coming to some interesting revelations. And I came to the conclusion that part of the reason why I had, I had survived my life up until that point, you know, all of the, uh, the close calls, the, the, at, at that point was up to 13 overdoses of, from just heroin, uh, a couple, uh, cocaine overdoses, uh, I survived um, three drownings, uh, two occasions where I was uh, struck by vehicles. Um, I'm not really sure if the if if this is the right word. I mean, I I would say electrocuted, but somebody says uh, technically, if you're electrocuted, you're dead. So I guess I was shocked. I mean, I electricity passed through my body. <laughs> in a pretty violent way that was unexpected. It wasn't like, you know, like I was, well, okay, no, there was one time I did a study for UW where I allowed myself to be electrocuted and they said that I took a higher voltage than anybody else had. But, um, but that was actually pretty safe. But yeah, I've been, uh, I've been stabbed. <laughs> I've been beaten. Uh, you know, I, nothing seems to kill me no matter how hard I try. That's a quote, actually, Chris Cornell. Uh, and obviously, uh, that, that did not turn out to be completely true for him. Uh, may you rest in peace. Um, and th that's a topic for another day. I, I, I have I have some theories about his death. Not not that like I'm a big conspiracy theorist, but I, you know, there's some, I have questions of it, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, how did I survive all this stuff? And, and I sort of came to this conclusion that when I do finally die, it'll kind of be because of my will, like, because I allow it. I think a big reason why I've managed to stay alive through all of this shit isn't because I'm just the luckiest motherfucker in the world or because people love me so much that they're always willing to, to save my ass. Um, or because of, you know, uh, angels or demons, the fucking magic looking out for me. I think it's it, a lot of it is just like, no, I just, I refuse to go down. And, 
and I won't until it's something that I accept for myself. When I choose to stop breathing, I will. As long as there's a breath in my body, I will push on. Uh, so there was that. But then I came to this other sort of conclusion. And this is an interesting one because I'm an atheist. Now, I was born technically Jewish uh, because of my father's mother. But I guess logistically, I couldn't be Jewish because my mother is not Jewish. But my father's mother was Jewish. But that didn't matter because, she, you know, like early in my life, my father died and I was raised by mainly my mom and, you know, her family, who were all a bunch of Catholics. So Jew raised Catholic and becomes an atheist, right? And I've been, I've been the intolerable atheist, you know, the shitty atheist, like basically like, like the, the fundamental Christian version of an atheist, you know, where I'm just such a dick, you know, it's like, you're fucking stupid. If you fucking believe in God, like, you know, basically like to be so audacious, to have the same audacity and certainty to speak with such certainty that there is no God you know, condemning those who believe in God, be like, well, how can you fucking do you? Know, why do you fucking act so certain? That's the thing that disgusts me about fucking Christians sometimes is like, it's like they act so certain. It's like, how you can't know. You can think, you can feel, you can believe, but you can't know. Don't act like it's a fact. And don't try to push it on me like it's a fucking fact. But then to turn around and say like no with like with like absolutes like no there is no god as if that's something that i can prove i can't so i've eased up on that i've learned the error of my ways because you know i don't want to be a fucking hypocrite or an asshole and you know if there is any truth to the you know the the teachings of jesus you know like whether he was a real guy who walked around and said things uh the ideas are good the practices are good you know don't be a fucking douchebag uh, yeah i can adhere to that um don't be a fucking hypocrite have integrity so anyway i i was thinking though this this particular night about a lot of things and as the sun was rising uh, a lot of new representations and ideas and thoughts came, crept into my head. And this, this notion that it's all true, like the, the biblical stories, like, like the, the folklore, the, the mythology of, of God and creation was true to some degree, not in all the particulars, uh, but it was like based in a, in a, in a, in a truth that was like beyond comp, like full comprehension. And this idea that we had been expelled from paradise, that was like a miscommunication. It wasn't, it wasn't that it's more like we ran away out of fear and an inability to admit our mistakes or uh are um basically look at it like this 
let's pretend that the Garden of Eden was kind of a thing. And let's not say it was like a tree of knowledge and a forbidden fruit, but let's say it was like God's stash, you know, <laughs> God's private stash. He's like, you know, hey, you can have all these plants and seed bearing, you know, uh, seed bearing plants and herbs, you know, you can use them, do whatever you want. You know, I mean, like, yeah, some will get you real fucked up and that's cool. You know, you can eat these and that'll fucking make you go, ooh, look at the funny colors. And uh, and then these over here, you know, you can do whatever you want with those and you'd be like, wow, man, I feel so chill and that's fine. Some of these over here, like, you know, they'll help you work real, real hard if you want to harvest some stuff. <laughs> you know, like these will help you harvest. These will help you move a lot and help you harvest the things that'll help you chill. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, but there are some things that are just maybe a little too strong for you. Maybe some things that you don't need to fuck with. And, uh, and if you, if you look at the proximity of biblical stories taking place in areas like, uh, what is now Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry, Iran, if I'm pronouncing that correctly uh you know this is the place that is these are deserts that you know uh, that have not not all of them I'm just saying but it's like desert desert areas with like uh beautiful oases is where oases where things can grow and uh you know i i've i've read up a lot about how like there were some areas that looked way different thousands of years ago that had rivers and and uh and 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 fields where things grew that you know are, are barren now but uh so yeah i mean there's there's you know no one can really say like how things have changed is you know so much i mean but but knowing that this is a region that uh where poppies grow naturally and are easy to grow makes me wonder if this forbidden fruit was not in fact the poppy and maybe that's what adam and eve got themselves into <laughs> and and when god you know left him alone for a little while came back and like hey uh did you guys fuck with my stash what no man i i don't know what you're talking about bros no we were we were over there um we were just chilling, you know, and what? No, what? No, your stash? Oh, you mean the, oh, well, no, well, your, your friend said that it was cool, actually, if we tried. <laughs> no, he said he knew you. Like, he said you guys were tight. Uh, no, what? No, man. Oh. And then, you know, by now they're all strung out. Like they got, like they've developed habits and they're fucking like scratching themselves. And like, and God's like, you know what? Fuck it. I am, you are a fucking liar, you know, and, and leave it to a junkie to try to, you know, like only a junkie will steal your shit and then try to help you look for it. Right. <laughs> Believe me, I've been in that situation. It's like, yo, you looked under that ashtray five times. I don't think my dope is under there. Um, but uh but yeah maybe they were just embarrassed you know they felt bad they were ashamed they felt shame and this was like a new thing for humanity 
and they were cold. And, and, you know, some, one of the things that happens when you're dope sick, is like, you know, your junk kind of shrivels up. <laughs> you get very uneasy and self-conscious. Um, so that's why they finally, like, they're like, they had to cover up and they left, they left the garden in shame, you know, afraid to look God in the eye. And that's, that's what, that's the separation from God, this, this feeling of being alone and isolated in the world. That's all that is. That's all it is. It's just this, this feeling of shame because it's like, it's like your mom catching you with your, uh, with your hand in the cookie jar, you know? And, and when she catches you, what are you doing? And you're like, ah, you get scared. And the cookie jar falls off the fridge and it, it crashes on the floor and it spills and makes a big mess. And you run out the back door and you hide in the bushes outside. And your mom is like, you, you need to get in here right now and clean up this mess. I don't even want to look at you until you clean up this mess. But you're scared because you don't, you know, you know, you, you know, you fucked up, you know, you did wrong. So you, you run away, you hop the fence and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just go to my friend's house. Maybe I'll just go, I'll go hang out in the park. But then it gets dark and now you're like, oh man, my mom's going to be so mad at me. I can't go back now because she's going to be even more mad because it's getting dark out. So you stay out longer. A couple days go by. You're hungry, you know, so you got to figure some out. So you start stealing to eat, you know, you start doing more things, crossing new lines in the sand that you didn't even know existed, stretching the boundaries of, of your personal limits of what's acceptable and before you know it it's it's forever has gone by and you've lost touch completely and you don't think you could ever look at each other again and as a as like humanity maybe maybe that's kind of what happened and like all that's necessary all that's necessary is just just go home just go home and say hey i'm sorry uh, I'm sorry that I, I left. I'm sorry that I was embarrassed. I'm sorry that I disobeyed you. And I'm sorry that uh, that I lied about it. And uh, I'll clean up the mess if I can still. If I can, if, it, if, I, if I still need to clean it up, I will. And if you want me to make a new cookie jar, I will. If you want me to help, can we, can we just bake some cookies together? That'd be great. You know? Maybe that's all that's necessary. Maybe we just gotta go home first. So that's what I, I kind of got in my head. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, by the way, I was in my house and I was naked. I should probably mention that part. I stripped all my clothes off because I was getting uncomfortable, feeling constrained. And um, so, <laughs> so I was looking out my patio doors and the sun was coming through and it was so fucking beautiful. And I was looking down and I could see like the way the sun was coming through over the trees and it was shining this light on this pond down the street from my house. And it was like, it was, it was almost like it was guiding me there. And I opened up my patio door and I, I was like, I just have to go home. It's all I have to do. And I <laughs> ran out of my house. <laughs> At like 5.30, 6 in the morning. Fucking totally naked. Ran down the street. Just happy as a motherfucker. 
a big smile on my face and I get down there and I'm just standing near the water and just looking at the sky like, wow. And then I, I look and I see a figure. I see uh, what looks like a man walking toward me on this little path that goes along like the water or along the water bank. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like a messenger. Maybe he has a message for me. So I sit on this bench and I'm just sitting there and this guy, he's walking by and I looked at him like, do you have something for me? He's like, what? No, don't fucking talk to me. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, okay. You're not. Okay. You're not. Okay. I guess he's not. I guess he's not the messenger. <laughs> I was like, actually, I think he might be a bad person. I think, I think he might be like, I think he's still content walking in the dark. And, um, and then I started like, all, my mind is just a flurry, just racing all the questions that, you know, a, a humanity's ever asked going through my mind all at once, you know, and the big one, you know, the big, big question, you know what the big question is, Aaliyah, right? What does it all mean? Yeah. Why? 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 And suddenly the answer was right there. The answer was right there as if, as if it had been there the whole time. Do you know the answer? Mm -mm. Would you like to know? Sure. Really? Wow, because you know sometimes I ask people if they want to know the answer to why, and they 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 say no. They're, they're afraid to know the answer, or maybe maybe they just want to wait and you know figure it out for themselves. But it's really not that complicated. And when I tell you, you're gonna be like, you know, you probably won't believe me because it's gonna seem too simple. Are you ready? Sure. The answer to why is. Why not? I'm serious. That's that's it. That's the answer. Why not? And I know answering a question with a question seems, you know, maybe counterintuitive, but yeah, why not? And why not answer a question with a question? It just opens the door to, you know, having more thought, more discussion, more learning, more growing. These are good things. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there knowing, you know, all the answers to the universe and <laughs> existence and all that. And thinking like, yeah, I just, I just have to go home. So I jumped in the water and you remember mentioning before about, you know, I've survived drowning a few times. Well, a big part of that is because I'm not a very strong swimmer. Despite the fact that I'm a water sign, being a Scorpio, as as uh, as you two are, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're like, you know, avid swimmers. Um, actually, I, I have something of a, uh, um, a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um... Oh, what's the word I'm trying to say? An aversion, oh. an aversion to water, to some extent. I've never even really been much of a bather, to be honest. 
<laughs> but, uh, you should change that. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I smell bad? <laughs> you like the patch funk, I'm sure. I wouldn't yeah. know. I'm 30 plus miles away. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not a strong swimmer. Uh, but I, I, I dove in and I started swimming toward the middle of the pond. And I mean, it's not, it's not like a huge body of water. I would say like from the bank that, you know, that I jumped in from to the other side, it's, I don't know, probably like 50 feet. And, you know, it's not terribly deep in all parts. Uh, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's not everywhere you go. It's not necessarily, I mean, like when I first jumped in, like my feet were touch, weren't touching the bottom. Uh, and some parts were like, it's so thick with um, like vines and shit. And like, uh, uh, I mean, they're almost like, like lily pads kind of, you know, just all over. And I was swimming through and like eventually my, my, uh, my feet were getting caught in the shit and it was like starting to kind of drag me down and my mind interpreted this, uh, because of, you know, all the acid that I ate, uh, as being more of a, an antagonistic presence. And it was like, like handsy. <laughs> Like, this shit was, like, grabbing me and trying to, like, pull me, like, you know, submerge me. And, um, and I remember then turning on my back, so I'm now swimming backward. And I'm, like, kicking my feet through the, you know, into the water, but, like, kicking away from all of this stuff. And I'm, like, I'm yelling at it, like, no, no, fuck you fuck you fuck you as i like stop my way backward away from the this shit you know this is trying to pull me underwater and it was though it was pulling me under and i got like to the middle of the uh i got to the middle of the the pond and um and and i started you know and i, I was able to, i got freed up and uh and i was like you know just kind of like just kind of swimming through you know like doing like big breast strokes and uh and all of a sudden i i i felt myself rising kind of up out of the water and it was almost like i was i was like drying off and feeling like the warmth of the sun hitting my body and I look down and I realize I'm standing on the water in the middle of the pond and I'm looking down and I'm look I look all around me and I'm I'm in the middle of this fucking pond totally naked with this morning sun glistening all over my body uh cold but not in a bad way <laughs> i mean i'm sure like it wasn't the most presentable that my uh my cock and balls have ever been 
it was it was a chilly morning but 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 i didn't care uh and uh and i was just just with my arms out just like oh my god it's real it's fucking real i i've been so blind all this time not accepting this 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 love that's just been waiting for me just just waiting for me to come home and uh and then i was suddenly struck with this this air of doubt and i i went to go take like a step kind of like in like one direction to like maybe trying to pivot and then i splashed down back into the water and i i sank to the bottom and I was completely submerged and I was like struggling to get out of the water and I couldn't. And I was breathing in the water and um, then, it, it, but it didn't hurt. And, and I started to wonder like, oh, maybe this is, maybe this is part of it. Maybe this is necessary. So I started taking in the water on purpose and not fighting it. And I was like taking big, deep breaths of water, inhaling the water, accepting it. And I started to have this, this idea that like, well, maybe I'll just be born again. Maybe that's how I'll, I'll go into this new life. <clears throat> this, this transition of like, you know, like kind of half expecting to like, you know, pop my head out of a vagina <laughs> and be like, oh, maybe that's what that bright light is. Hey doc. And, um, and then all of a sudden I, I heard, I heard something and I popped my head out and I, I, my head's just out of the water and I'm kind of just sort of waiting and, you know, and I look over and I, I, I hear somebody yelling, you know, asking me if I'm okay. And I, I look over and I can see that it's a, it's a police officer <laughs> and he's like, Hey, what, uh, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you want to come over here and talk to me for a second? No, I'm cool. I'm good. <laughs> there was something very suspicious about this man with the, with the badge. I don't know. I just, I did, I did, I felt like I couldn't trust him. He's like, no, come here. I just want to talk to you. I think he's lying to me. I think, I think he's just trying to, he's just pretending to be nice. It's like, no, I'm okay. I don't think I want to do that. No, no, come here. It's okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And then he yells, he's like, what do you say? Do you know what day it is? <laughs> Can you imagine? Ask me what day is it? I'm like, uh, Friday? What what's the date? I'm like uh the 13th you know and uh and that was I mean I was I was I was right but it was like why does he want to know what day it is? Doesn't he know? God, what is with this guy? And uh and yeah, he's he's asked me to come over there and I'm like no, I don't think I want to. It's like, I don't believe you. 
Like, I don't think I, I don't think I want to trust you. But then I look over and I see these, uh, these very, like, very young looking faces, like almost like cherub, like, like very, very pale, but rosy cheeked, uh, fellas over. And, uh, they, they were, um, they were paramedics and, uh, they were on the other side of the bank of the pond. And I don't know how the hell they got over there with all the, the weird viney shit. But, um, they were like, Hey man, you want to, you want to come over here? Let us help you out. And I was like, I looked at their faces and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Like I could see in these guys' faces, like they weren't full of shit. They were, they, they genuinely were interested in being helpful. You know, they took on their job because they have a, a deep, uh, concern and compassion for other human beings. Whereas this joker over here, this chucklehead with the badge, no, he just wants to be a dick. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay. So I swim over to them and I'm trying to climb out of this shit. And it was so fucking hard because like the vines and the sticks and everything, I'm cutting my feet all the hell. And um, they helped me out, you know, and, and they wrapped me up in this big fucking blanket that they had, which was nice because I was very naked still and wet and cold and they walk me like around the pond and back through the park area and toward an ambulance and i'm like seeing the lights and there's like people standing around like you know emergency type people and then there's like some some of my neighbors i i assume yeah <laughs> people that probably saw me down there with with daisy and and my my other dog that i had at the time evie you know, who would often see me down there playing with them. Like, hey, isn't that the guy that's always down here with those dogs? Uh, and like, they, they, they walk me over to the ambulance and I get in and, uh, they put me on the gurney thing and start checking my vitals and whatnot. And this cop comes up, it's <clears throat> town of Madison police officer, not the same guy that was yelling at me uh but he comes up he's like hey man hey listen uh look uh i'll i'll make a deal with you if you just if, if you're willing to go with these people here to the hospital and uh and just you know get you know just talk to somebody uh you know we won't press any charges against you i was like that's cool <laughs> right on <clears throat> my privilege uh, saves me once again. Uh, and he's like, but I, I, I got to ask you, man, what were you doing out there? Now, I, uh, I, I couldn't, couldn't just say, you know, that um, I was just out for some fresh air, like this, 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 uh, this fucking um, Robert Anderson. I was out for some fresh air. No, I, 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 I had to give, you know, a more personalized answers, something that, you know, something that was true. You know, I mean, this guy is just out for some fresh air. I mean, I mean, maybe that was, maybe that was true. Who knows? Who am I to say? But I had to go a little deeper than that because I'm, you know, I'm me, I'm, I'm Patrick Kempfer and like, you know, I'm, I'm brutal with my honesty, right? 
So when this guy's like, so what were you doing out there? Just <clears throat> getting closer to God. He's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you you were what? Just getting closer to God. Okay. All right. Uh, well, yeah, so just go with them and um, good luck. <clears throat> so they close it up and and uh, take me to Meritor and they put me, <laughs> they wheel me in and have it, you know, people check me out. Doctor comes in and um, they examine me and strangely, I'm fine. I mean, aside from like my feet and hands being cut from like, you know, all the vines and the, and the branches and shit. Um, they didn't have, th there was no water in my lungs. I don't know how that's possible because I was breathing this water in deeply and somehow it just wasn't there. And I couldn't have hallucinated that. I mean, I know I was fucking sucking in water. Um, then again, I also saw myself standing on water. So I don't know. The, uh, the doctors examined me, said I was fine. And then they told me that this social worker, whatever that, you know, that I was supposed to talk to was busy with some other person for some, some thing. And they said like, well, there's nothing medically wrong with you. So we can't technically hold you. Like, do you want to wait and talk to this person? I was like, I mean, I can, I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to wash all this fucking gunk off me. Can I just like come back later? <laughs> <laughs> I agreed. I was like, I'll leave. I'll just come back later. I just live down the street. So I agreed to, to go home and I would wash up and come back. So I did. I went home and fucking my, you know, so that I, they, they gave me a, ca a cab voucher. I get home and uh, I guess it was a good thing that I left my fucking patio door wide open. Because I obviously didn't have my keys. I didn't have pockets. You know? <laughs> Being naked and all. Um, but the dogs were still inside. So that was cool. And uh, they were happy to see me. And I went and soaked in my tub. And then I you know, I heard the dogs barking downstairs. I'm like, oh shit. What, what now? So I go and I look over the banister. And I see that this, like, the cop, the one that asked me what I was doing in the water... Uh, was knocking on the door and the dogs were barking at him. So I'm like, oh, well, I better go. I better put some clothes on. I don't want to have to greet the cops naked twice in one day. So I get dressed and I go down. Now he's he's gone from the door, but now he's managed to find his way into the building and he's knocking on my hall door. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. He started out knocking on that door and then came around to the to the patio. So I open the door and I sit outside. I go outside with him. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I, I got I tried to meet you at the hospital, but they said that you'd left. I'm like, well, yeah, they said I didn't have to stay. And the person was busy anyway. I told him I'd come back. And he's like, well, look, man, you know, I, I just I just want to make sure that you're all right. You know, because, I mean, people were people we were called because somebody thought you were drowning out there. That you were struggling in the in the water. And uh, and then, you know, when I looked you know, looked and looked at you and talked to you, you know, just, I was concerned that maybe you, 
you know, you were maybe having some issues. I was like, well, I can't really tell this guy that I'm on acid, right? Because I think that's still technically against the law in um, all the states. <laughs> Probably a pretty serious felony. Not that they were going to bust me with like internal possession, but still. I, I've known people that have uh, had run-ins with the police while on acid and that became like known information. And it was made so much worse. Like they were basically having bad trips and then like they get hospitalized and strapped to a fucking, you know, a chair or a bed and then pumped full of like Thorazine and left alone. And that's just awful. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with any of that shit. So I basically told him that I, I had a bit of a break, you know, that I had been dealing with a lot of stress. I told him basically like, you know, who I was and what I, what I was doing at the time, you know, in all my, my community works and, you know, uh, all the things I was involved in. And, you know, I suffered a lot of losses and tragedies and, and I, I just, I think I just kind of snapped and I just needed to, I just needed to, to do something drastic, something crazy, you know, just to kind of, I don't know, like it was like an acting out thing, but I wasn't trying to hurt myself or anybody. And he's like, well, I, I'd feel a lot better, you know, if you could just maybe just come with me to like the crisis center and just talk to somebody just, just so they can just kind of check you out and just maybe, maybe there's something they can do, set you up with somebody else to talk to you. I was like, you know what? That's fair, man. Like, I really appreciate you like coming over here and genuinely just wanting to make sure that I'm all right. Like, I respect that. I appreciate that, you know, on a humanitarian level. I think that's, that's really fucking noble of you. So, uh, so yeah. I'll totally do that. So I, uh, you know, put my shoes on and made sure the dogs were secure. I got my, my keys <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, agreed to let him, uh, drive me down there. And I didn't have any fear, <clears throat> you know, getting in the back seat of his car. Um, he didn't cuff me or anything. And he walked me into the place and they, help me uh you know they, they just heard me out you know and that that's really the thing is i just needed someone to talk to you know i i just needed someone to to listen to me that that i knew wasn't going to judge me in any way or you know throw me under the bus or tell me that you know like oh no man you're fine you got this you know like yeah you, you you'll be all right you know because that was the problem too is like when i would try to open the dialogue up with somebody about me struggling, they would say like, oh man, it's going to be okay. You got this because I was the guy everybody came to for, you know, to get answers, you know, to their problems, to find the solution to like their dilemma. So of course, like I, I knew what to do. I, I knew how to solve my problem. I, you know, I, I knew how to fix it because I always had the answers for everybody else. Well, this was the time that I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the answers. And um, so when people would just dismiss it as say like, oh, yeah, man, you'll be fine. You know what to do. Like what? Go to some meetings, pray on it, 
talk to my sponsor, do some step work. You know, like that was not solving my problem. None of those things were helping. You know, meditating wasn't helping. Uh, going to people that knew more than me wasn't helping. When people talking to people that knew less than me wasn't helping. You know, nothing was helping. And uh, and I sure as hell couldn't find the answers in myself. So it was nice to finally be able to just tell somebody that and uh, and have them take it in. And I was able to link back up with my former therapist too for a while, so that was nice. So ultimately, it was a really good thing that happened to me. Um, I don't regret it at all. Uh, I am fortunate that I did not get charged with... Uh, wh <laughs> What was it again? What was Mr. Anderson charged with? Naked women's food backyards uh, for some fresh air. Uh, lewd and lewd lascivious, and lascivious behavior. <laughs> behavior. And thankfully, I wasn't on probation. So, you know, this <laughs> wasn't going to add to my problems. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we just need to shake things up a little bit, you know, just, uh, just to see where things go. And, um, so those are things about me that now none of you can unknow. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, yep. I'm a guy who ate acid, ran out of his house naked, jumped in some water, walked on it almost drowned and yeah just trying to get closer to god <laughs> good times so uh questions comments concerns nope i've i've rendered her speechless once again <laughs> it's late Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we've only been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. Well, I've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. Well, I mean, there must be some 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 questions or comments you, you must you must have you you have to be the voice of the people here. Like, like, you have to <laughs> ima imagine what some of the people listening might be thinking and wondering uh and uh and you have to be their voice it's a lot of pressure i can't speak for everybody not for everybody but i mean you, you can i'm sure you could perhaps speak for some i mean there must be some some things on your mind some things you're wondering just maybe just some commentary i mean it's a long story to get to the point <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I you know i don't know i really don't but i think if it served you well in the moment then it was probably a good experience to have people experience different things in different ways and get to their answers in different ways and uh while the methodology probably wasn't the healthiest you at least saw some clarity yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, not not the, the safest route to go through uh, or 
you know, to, to get to some clarity, but, but yeah, it definitely eased, uh, uh, a large degree of tension that I had and, and opened my mind up to, to, you know, just, just not feeling so alone in my troubles. Um, unfortunately, you know, things did not fully improve from that point on because, well, uh, I felt compelled to share this story with people in my circle then and come to find out people in the recovery community were not real keen on not only the fact that I had, I mean, obviously they were not keen or, you know, happy about me having used, uh, an illegal psychedelic drug. Um, they all very much consider that a relapse and were more than urgent in their <laughs> ways of trying to, you know, encourage me to also, you know, to consider that a relapse. Um, uh, you know, so I wasn't recognizing it that way. And and they thought it was dangerous for me to be talking about it as if it was some sort of success story for me that it would then, you know, because of my, my influence and, uh, my, my reputation in, um, you know, in the community that, you know, that could be detrimental to others. I'd be setting a bad example. And this was, this was exactly what I, f I had feared. Uh, would happen if I were to, you know, admit that I was struggling to begin with, you know, that like I had this great pull and, in, in, uh, you know, my, my image, my character, my, my reputation was so strong that, that, you know, if, if I, if I faltered in any way that, uh, and it became known, it was going to, everything was just going to blow up my face and that's that is what happened sadly um i was ostracized and uh condemned and and ultimately sort of exiled in a way and uh and it was really sad and and, and i i i was very unhappy about that for a long time and i tried to come back <clears throat> you know two years later and uh you know try to regain some standing uh with people and 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 amend and and mend some of those relationships that i lost but you know I'd, I'd sort of seen a side of people that i didn't know existed before and it was just like too real it was like wow you know like i was i, was, I felt very hurt and disappointed by by many and um now, as things are, I've, you know, I've forgiven those people that I felt uh, betrayed me and, and abandoned me. <clears throat> um, I, I appreciate that, you know, a lot of my resentment and hurt was uh, created by me. And uh, things that I was unwilling to accept at the time. 
and uh, and I definitely uh, escalated things, um, made things more personal than they needed to be at times, and um, you know, and and things are just what they are, and as it is now, I I don't hold any grudges. Uh, I don't believe necessarily that everything happens for a reason, but I believe that we can place reason to anything and uh so that 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 no things have to be in vain and um and i'm grateful for all of these experiences even the bad ones because they they've all making uh they, they've they've all made my my experience fuller and uh and offered me a greater perspective and uh, gratitude for my life. So I appreciate all of that. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you for uh, for listening. And, uh, and I appreciate all of you out there too, if you're actually still listening and bearing with me through this. I, God, if you're, if you're on a sleep by now, I don't know. I, I, I've heard that my, um, my voice uh, has a tendency to to be, um, what's the word, uh, sub subduing? No, that's not word. No, sedating. Sedating. Yeah, I guess <laughs> sedating would be. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like it's like I I could I I could not hypnotize, but um, but yeah, like like put somebody in like a meditative state perhaps i don't know like if if uh if i couldn't see you on my screen i i i, I would have wondered several times if you had actually fallen asleep to the sound of my voice <laughs> there were a couple times it came close <clears throat> well i'm sorry if i was boring you no it wasn't boring it was just like just so soothing yeah yeah the cadence of my voice I could, I could just i could just sit here and just go mm, just for like a really long time maybe uh, no that's not soothing No, I do appreciate you listening. I appreciate everyone uh, taking the time out of their busy uh, lives to uh, to join me here and and uh, reminisce and reflect on um, these crazy things. And uh, if for no other reason, just to amuse ourselves. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it serves a greater purpose and brings some perspective and insight to others. That uh, yeah, we do crazy shit, and sometimes they end badly for us, and sometimes they offer us um, an opportunity to discover you know better solutions. So, all right, we will uh, we will close up the episode, and I will wish you all a good day, and a pleasant evening, and a good morning, wherever you happen to be at uh, in your cycle of life in your uh, in your 24 
And uh, until next time, uh, this is Pat Kempfer, the most Madison motherfucker you'll ever meet, saying be safe out there. And um, don't give up, okay? Don't give up on you. Don't give up on those around you. We're all just doing our best. And sometimes, you know, it might not look like much, but it's just the day. That's what it is. All right. Bye for now. Quiet night. Quiet night.